Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Catharsis, the next C of the Inner Peace practice, the seven C's, it goes nicely with clean living because clean living is stopping the toxicity from coming in and catharsis is getting the toxicity out that's already in you. So this should be fun. Uh, With me today is Tina and Keisha. Hello. Hello. So we're all familiar with catharsis. It's just we don't really, you know, people may not know the name or understand what it is. It's essentially cleansing stress and deep, deep emotions like anger and fear. It's getting that out of you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to go over a bunch of ways that we can do that and just kind of jump into the example so that people can make sense of it. A big form of catharsis would be exercise, right? Yeah. A lot of people are upset. They go to the gym or they, they bang out some push-ups or whatever it is, right? Kickboxing. Kickboxing, stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah. So this is a release of energy. A punching bag is a big, a big one. Some psychotherapists might even, you know, do exercises with their patient with a punching bag. Um, there's been studies done where they actually, kids that are super angry, and the parents may not know why, like they'll be suggested to get a, a punching bag and let the kid beat the snot out of a punching bag. Mm-hmm. It does really work, though. It does. Yeah, it does. And you're getting it out. You're yeah. getting it out. Uh, all these deep-rooted emotions, I mean, you think about everything that happened to you when you were 8, when you were 9, when you were 13, when you were 17, when you were 30, and then it's like, it's just this ball of um, things inside of you. And, and like the analogy from the seminar, right, is the the light of the sun can't get into the the glass dome because it's dirty, and it's dirty from fear and anger mm-hmm. and envy and things like this. So we want to detox those out. It's just like detoxing the body. It's the same exact concept. Uh, playing a musical instrument is another form of catharsis, especially drummers. Mm-hmm. Um, art you know somebody uh, is feeling a certain way about their dad or something like that like mm-hmm. they're upset and but they're a painter they whip out the you know the canvas and they, they go to town for a few hours it's cathartic mm-hmm. here's one that I'm a big fan of screaming and 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 you you you'll be shocked to know that I'm a screamer. And I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I have voicemails. <laughs> singing. How about singing? Is singing one? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose singing could. No, the singing is. Well, it's art. Yeah, it, it singing could be considered a musical instrument more than art. Um, whoever wrote the song is more art. Yeah. But um, screaming is very healthy. Just imagine um, a, a child past five years old, not not like the early years. Mm-hmm. You know, even teenagers, mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14, 
just mad at mom. You know, they're really mad at their teacher, but, you know, maybe they take it out on you and they're just, ah, they're yelling. They're just getting it out. Man. I've done some screaming in my day. I, uh, as you may know, I, I went to college for television production. And so I've been video editing for a long time, over 20 years. And there's been a lot of moments where you put in hours of work and it's a computer. And yeah. sometimes things go bad and all of a sudden three hours of work is gone. Oh. Oh my gosh. And then you just scream? What can you do? Oh, that's all you can do. Yeah. All you can do is just, ah, I mean, you got to scream. I mean, it has to be primal. Yeah. Like if, if we screamed in this room right now, <laughs> everyone outside that door would come running. Yeah. They will. Yeah. So it's not a normal thing for the society. For people to just be primal screaming. Mm. Uh, maybe this is an advantage of owning a home instead of having an apartment. But yeah. screaming can be very therapeutic. I've gone to like a mountain top in like Valley Falls in mm-hmm. Vernon. I've gone up there and screamed quite a few times. Just so I can, you know. I actually had to mm-hmm. kind of do that. Um, and it wasn't even, I didn't even do it on purpose. It was not on purpose. It wasn't like, it was, well, my father had passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, I was bottling up a lot of emotions and things that were happening at the time. And at the time I was pregnant with my daughter and it was just, mm-hmm. all emotions was like taking place. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, she told me to come out, she told me to come outside. And she said to me to yell to the top of my lungs, all of my emotions and say like exactly what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought she was being silly, but it, it actually works. helped. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I completely was bawling the entire time when I was doing it. Sure, but when I was done, I, I felt better. Yeah, like yes. I felt, I did feel better. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. detox, and that that's a nice um, segue mm-hmm. to crying. Crying is also mm-hmm. catharsis. Mm-hmm. Crying is catharsis. Yeah, yeah. I know. Is. I hate when people are like, "Oh, you're crying. Like, what's wrong?" And sometimes I cry just because I need to get stuff out. It's not even like I'm sad or. Yeah, or if I'm like really mad about something. Well, a lot like of times beating somebody up. Yeah, and a lot of times it could be triggered from a story you hear or a movie yeah. you're watching. Or a song. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and so um, these are emotions that are deep in us. Something triggers it, mm-hmm. and you start crying. And you might be crying for a totally different reason. Right. And then all of a sudden the mind takes over, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're crying about something that happened when you were 12. Yeah. Right. It's like this avalanche mm-hmm. and, and you guys have relationship experience more than more than i but it, it can happen in all relationships mom dad cousins sisters brothers friends sometimes somebody flips out on you mm-hmm. and when they're flipping out they raise their voice call it yelling and then they start saying a whole bunch of stuff that, right. that had that nothing mean. nothing to do with right right yeah, but it's right. like deep-rooted stuff that they it's, actually do mean mm-hmm. Res- resentment yeah. and they're like you know what screw you blah 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 every and anytime you hear words like all the time mm-hmm. you do that all the time always mm-hmm. okay these are signs signals this is language being a pointer pointing at deep-rooted resentment that they've been holding in Mm -hmm. so now they're yelling at you and they're going off on you 
Now here, here's where things get interesting. The person that's being yelled at usually does one of two things. Either they engage back or they shut down and, and go away. They shut down and go away. Mm-hmm. Both are the ego. Mm. And we'll talk about that. The, we're going to talk about ego in another podcast. But if there was no ego, then you wouldn't care that you're being yelled at. Mm. You would look at it as catharsis. You'd smile and you'd give them a hug. And that would be it. So It wouldn't be that easy. <laughs> They'd be like, you're mocking me. Why are you smiling? Yeah. Well, that would make them more mad. Right. No, no. Oh, maybe you don't do it right away. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do it in a few hours or whatever. But when, when, you, when you approach it with compassion and you don't take it personal, mm-hmm. you don't take it personal. Okay, they're mad that you um, burn their food or you leave your socks out or they're mad that, you know, you, you I don't know, you talk too much, whatever it is. They've been building it up. Now they're mad. Now they're letting it out. They're having a therapeutic moment. Mm. It's at your expense. Mm. Usually they're telling the truth. They're telling the truth of compared. Of the version, though. They're telling the truth compared to from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're I, think it's, I think it's, in, yeah, I'm going to say in their perspective, is their version of the truth. Right. And you can hash it out with a conversation later on. Mm-hmm. But at that moment. They're going through catharsis. Mm. I remember a moment. God, I don't remember all the details, but I remember I was young. I must have been 12, maybe 11, 12, or 13, somewhere in there. My mom was helping me with math. I did not do well in math. And I was getting frustrated. And I got really mad. And I just found a picture on the wall, and I just smashed it. My mom probably still remembers it. No, I bet you she still remembers it. But now in hindsight, I was litting it. I was litting it out. I was litting it out. I was frustrated with school and probably other things that I don't remember. Mm. But I smashed it. I might have got cut even. And people do this. People do this. Have you ever heard of kids who, like, they're just really violent? They smash things. They throw things. Mm-hmm. They're... There's something in there. It's like a possession. It's like some exorcist stuff. There's something that needs to come out. Mm. It's detox. Doing something cathartic is is good. Um, And screaming is one of those. Writing is another one. Mm -hmm. Writing. Getting your feelings out on paper. Journaling is another term for it, right? Journaling would definitely recommend journaling to somebody that's struggling with their emotions. But wait, how journaling, what, just writing down how you feel? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. And one of my first health books, Diet, De-Stress, Detox, there's a whole section in there. I used to do it with clients called The Resentment Letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ended up doing that. And um, that carried over to the other books too. I didn't call it catharsis then. But it it was catharsis. Mm-hmm. So you write, you f- you pick someone in your life that you feel a lot of resentment towards, and you write a letter to them, under the assumption that you will not hand them that letter. Mm-hmm. They will never read it. You just get it out on paper, and get it all out. And then the next day or the next week, 
you write another letter to the same person, but this time it's the gratitude letter. Mm-hmm. And you write everything that you love and like and that you're grateful for. And it's a very therapeutic exercise. That's a form of catharsis. Keisha, didn't you write a letter? I did. Back in the day, like 2013 or something? Mm-hmm. I wrote a, I wrote a letter. That's <laughs> funny. I wrote the letter, the resentment letter was to Mike. Oh, your really? current husband. My current husband. Okay, wow. now this is a good, this is pretty good. Now, I don't remember all details. You're going to fill it in, but mm-hmm. I remember this. So you were a client at the time. The book wasn't even out, I don't no. think. And I, I said, write this letter. And you wrote the letter, right? And you ended up giving it to him? I ended up giving it to him. He and I were not speaking at all. Okay. Um, like, was, just, 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 like, Everything had to do with like, it and he's the father our, of. He's the father of our, our daughter. Yeah. Everything had to just basically very cut and dry. When you getting her, all right, that was it. Like it was n- it never a conversation really right, with right. us, and that's all it was. And so I wrote this letter to him because mm-hmm. I was so resentful mm-hmm. of all of what was happening in between us mm-hmm. and what was going on, and it just. It he he has never I have never been so angry with anyone who was my ex before in my entire life as much as I was angry with him. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was like, you know, even my son's father who was like my first love. Like I didn't I wasn't like that with him. It was like all right, bye, done. Mm-hmm. Him, it was. I realized as I was writing the letter, the resentment letter, is that I was still in love with him, and I still wanted to be with him. But I was resentful because we weren't together. But I couldn't express that to him. Mm-hmm. But in the letter, I didn't even say that in the letter. Like, I was just like, I don't like you because of this. You did this to me. You made me feel like this. You made, you know, it was just like, it was just that kind of letter mm. to him. And how long were you guys broken up when you wrote that letter? Oh, two years. Two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was like two years. How long after that did you get back together? Um, A year later. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole year later. After I wrote the letter... um. It was a year later we started talking. We actually started communicating. Mm-hmm. How did um, he respond to the letter initially, right away? Um, I didn't give him the letter until we got back together. Oh, oh okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Interesting. I gave it to him after we got back together. Very interesting. Um, and he read the letter, and he said, "I." He said, "I didn't know that I hurt you that much." Mm, see. He said, "I did not know that you." He says, and I don't want you to ever feel that kind of pain again. Right. So. Yeah. And here you are married now. We're married. Yeah. Last year. <laughs> we got married. So. All right. Mm-hmm. So did you did you feel relieved when you originally wrote the letter? Do you remember? Um. Yeah. I, I had never, I didn't intend on giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote the letter and that was it. I had sealed it in an envelope and everything. Mm-hmm. Addressed it to him, stuck it in a shoebox, and I was done with the letter. But mm-hmm. um, now, but then, when I wrote the gratitude letter mm. the week later, that was harder to write. Mm. I I mean, the gratitude letter was harder to write because the only thing I can, the gratitude, the only thing I was grateful for at that time because I couldn't think of anything else was the fact that we had a daughter together and right. everything had to do with her. Mm. It was, you know. Just basically thank you for coming into my life because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have her. Right. You know, that kind of 
that kind of letter. And that letter actually was short. Mm-hmm. But the resentment letter was like a two-page letter. <laughs> <laughs> Back in front. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was. Catharsis. Yeah, that's what it was. Catharsis, but. yeah. And who would have thunk it? I ended up. Marrying him. Marrying him. So. Very cool story. Mm-hmm. Uh, another form of catharsis is therapy. Going to a therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist. I don't recommend psychiatrists because they, they like to give you pills. But mm-hmm. um, ther- therapy is an interesting thing. It's very easy to get addicted to. That's the problem. Because you, you end up relying on your therapist. Mm-hmm. And we have to have an understanding that, no offense to the therapists out there, but therapists have a very limited understanding because they come at it from a scientific approach and not a spiritual approach. So it stops at a certain point. There's all, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't go all the way down. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it can be cathartic is because when you go to a therapist, you get to say things that you wouldn't normally say. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could have went to a therapist and told the therapist everything that you wrote in that letter. It would have been similar. Mm-hmm. You would have told the therapist, and then the therapist gives their opinion and, you know, maybe says something that you can change or this or that. But so it can be therapeutic to, to get those emotions out, and you talk about dad, and you talk about this that happened to you back then, and blah, 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 and you're just kind of getting it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always recommend, you know, no more than a year, do a therapist for a year, no more, because. You get into this place where you're you're complaining, mm. and complaining is negative. No matter how you look at it, it's negative. It's meant to be detox. It's not meant to be day in, day out, day in, day out, right? Mm. So, um, and maybe a PTSD patient is a different scenario. Yeah, but uh, a, you know, someone who doesn't have PTSD, you know. Um, it's it's just a form of catharsis, and and we can't always talk to our friends and our family like we would a therapist. Mm-hmm. And if you do, it can be a little selfish because now that person has to listen to you, and now they have to take on your energy mm-hmm. of complaining. Complaining is draining. It is. It's draining. Like if you if you've ever been a boss and you have an employee that just you know complains all the time. Eventually, you're like, I don't want, I don't want this person on the team anymore. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to watch that, and that's that's an easy cycle to get into with a therapist. So, that's why I say, if you're gonna go that route, make sure it's a year, no more. That's how you like your friends. Uh, a- like you get alienated from your friends too, because mm-hmm. um, nobody wants to pick up. Nobody the phone. wants to right. No one wants to pick because you like you look at the phone call ID and you're like, oh god, they're I gonna know complain already. forever. Yeah. What? she's going to talk about because like yeah. for me I know like there's certain people I have to be in the right mindset to even deal with them and mm-hmm. I and I, I won't if if I'm not in the right mindset or if I'm like in a good place and I'm I'm feeling like on this high and I'm like yeah mm-hmm. then I see the phone ring and I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so now everybody's going to hear this and they're going to be like oh that's <laughs> why she's not hanging out the phone <laughs> <laughs> Laughing. Laughing is cathartic. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons why um, 
obviously in the last episode I talked about clean living, which doesn't include all these movies. But if I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to watch comedy. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to watch this programming nonsense, you might as well laugh. So, you know, give me Wedding Crashers over Goodfellas. Mm. You know, give me planes, trains, and automobiles (laughs) over, you know, Die Hard. Give me something that's going to make me laugh. Mm. Um, You know, a few few months ago, I watched both the... um, Daddy's Home, I think they're called. Oh, Will yeah. Ferrell and, yeah. and um, Marky Mark. Marky Mark, yeah. And um, man, they cracked me up. Mm-hmm. They cracked me up. <laughs> and uh, don't get me wrong, it's still programming. And uh, you know, I left this out on the Clean Living episode. It hit me on the way home. It's hitting me now. Um, one of the reasons why television shows and movies are are not considered clean is because they're heavily drenched the whole thing is based on problems so we're right back to the whole complaining thing every movie every television show is about problems Mm. that's the whole there's a complaint that's the it's the whole thing so uh, for example i tina knows this i have this like fantasy in my heart of becoming a, a novelist and so I, I've taken some classes on how to write better how to write fiction better and I'm telling you right now the whole basis of writing is having appeal having an appealing character mm-hmm. that has a major problem mm-hmm. and the oh, end yeah. and the end result is one of two things they either either solve it and they they're Rocky Balboa or they die of some sort Mm -hmm. in a tragedy that's called a tragedy so every single movie every single novel every single television show even the reality shows Mm -hmm. are all based in problems so the next time you're getting ready to sit down with your loved one and watch a movie on a friday night call it what it is Instead of saying, hey, Bay, you want to watch a movie? Say, hey, you want to watch some problems? Because <laughs> yeah, that's even, exactly what it is. Even comedy shows yeah. are, there's a problem. Even, com- mm-hmm. even sitcoms. Yeah. In, in sitcoms, I love sitcoms. A good sitcom, I'll take a good sitcom over a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like I binge watched mm-hmm. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I binge watch Frasier. I'm binge watching Frasier right now. Mm-hmm. I binge watch Two and a Half Men. Mm-hmm. And it's I, a problem all it, the time. All the, it, in, in sitcoms, there's two problems. Yeah. There's always an A and a B. That's how it's written. Mm-hmm. There's an A character, a B character. So if it's Two and a Half Men, for example, Charlie will have an issue, mm-hmm. and his brother will have an issue, and the cameras go from one scenario to the other. To the other. And then they meet at the end. Oh, yep. It's something similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's always been like that. All in the family, the Jeffersons, you know, all all these old shows. It's the same format. Every movie, same format. Every movie, yeah. Even the comedies. Coming to America. He needed a wife. He needed a wife. <laughs> and then he couldn't get her. And then she got mad because he lied. Right. It's, it's, that's the drama. Beautifully at the end. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> it either ends beautiful or tragic. Tragically, yeah. Right? So um, laughing is very cathartic. And if you can get some comedy in, in, that's good. That's why I binge watch these sitcoms. 
Go You're with right. the comedy. Because I know, like, when I watch, like, suspense movies, and I'm I'm enjoying the movie, but I, I don't think I really am because I'm just so focused on the issue that's going on, and it frustrates me, and I'm getting, mm-hmm. I'm getting stressed mm-hmm. right. and because that's, of what's happening in the show. And, again, this goes back to, you, this goes back to the clean living episode. This is creating more toxicity inside mm-hmm. of us. I just watched that movie, the Tyler Perry movie with, what's her name? Taraji P. Henson, the Acrimony or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that show yeah. was, I was hooked. Up. I was watching it? it, but it was like, I was stressed. I was Uh-oh. stressed the entire movie. And that's what they want. They want to evoke emotion in you. Oh, yeah. Mm. This movie, Peppermint it. with Jennifer Gardner. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. Oh, my God, that, yeah. Because you get stressed out, like, mm-hmm. especially when it's like something with a kid or something. And you yeah, really like, I can't. Yeah. Hey, look at look at Jaws. People wouldn't even go in the water. I know that movie messed oh, yeah, people up. It did. Life. I'm still scared of the ocean. Yeah. But back back then, man, it messed people up. The Exorcist. Yeah. Messed I was gonna. People up. Oh my God, I was just thinking about that movie. The to Blair this, Witch Project. Harry. Yes, to this day, yeah. I cannot even. It's still like. Even when they did the remap, they had remade it. They remastered it, and they put extra scenes in that movie in the Exorcism. Mm-hmm. And the Exorcist, I oh, still I cannot that. watch it. It still disturbs me to this day. And my yeah. mother had me watching that as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I can't even watch it now as an adult because it's too much. And a, and a good way to think about it is this: this is how I always um, rationalize leaving things alone and renouncing. Mm-hmm. You've had enough. You've done it. Enough. Like, what What do you need pizza for? Have you not had enough pizza in your life? <laughs> what do you need to see a scary movie for? Have you not seen enough? Right. What do you need to see a mafia movie for? Have you not seen enough? Mm-hmm. It's you, 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 Same thing with music. What do I need to hear Bon Jovi living on a prayer for? Have I not heard it enough? In my, so it's like... <laughs> That's actually my favorite. It's, you, you, get, <laughs> you get um, all this... Mm-hmm. It's like enough. Yeah. It's enough. You've d- you've done it for thirty years, forty years, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like it's enough. It goes Move back on. to what you said. You do not need to see the instant replay. No, you don't need to see the instant replay. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. And it, and if you want to watch a movie again that you watched thirty years ago, you're you're going through a um, nostalgic moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh, I'm gonna watch this again. Well, those two hours could be spent meditating. Those two hours could be spent doing catharsis. You could be writing something. You could be laughing. You could be screaming. You could, you know, you could be crying. You could do whatever. And, and there's actually laughing classes out there now. Uh, people go around and you know they help people laugh and get mm. things out. And um, I I knew of a Zen master. Um, he just passed away last year. Bernie Glassman. He used to. Um, he went to clown school on the side, hmm. and he would dress up like a clown, and he would go and entertain people. That was his way of, um, first of all, being free. Nobody mm. knows it's Bernie Glassman, right? It's a clown. Oh, yeah. And then he's helping people laugh, mm. you know? And and let's be honest that, uh, you know, even comedians... Mm. I like stand-up comedy to a certain extent. I grew up some of the most depressed people. Yeah, I grew up on stand-up comedy, but uh, Richard Pryor had some problems. Mm. Yeah, and and Kevin Hart as well. And and so they they take their problems. They take their pain and turn it into comedy. 
Right, mm-hmm. right. Unless you're George Carlin. George Carlin just was cynical about the world, <laughs> and he just made fun of the world. Right. He didn't talk about his personal. It's it's a heck of an art. It really is to mm-hmm. make people laugh. So yeah. I respect it. They're public speakers mm-hmm. at the highest level, but there's a lot of negativity in there. Yeah. But at least you laugh. Yeah, it's 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 better than you know. If you watch Breaking Bad, it's just gonna be a bunch of, (laughs) (laughs) you know. So, uh, so yeah, laughing laughing is right there with crying. You gotta laugh, Mm -hmm. gotta laugh. And that's why I like to tell jokes and sing and be random. Silliness. Girls Trip is a good one. I watched that over and over again so I can keep laughing. Silliness is 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 good. Mm -hmm. Keeps keeps you going. Be a clown. Yeah. Even without the costume, be a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make fun of people. Some people mm, make yeah. fun of people. Yeah, that's not good. Some mm-hmm. people bust people's chops and they twist it into a, a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, I don't like that kind of comment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's not good. I like being silly with my kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. my kids and I, we, you know, be silly and then their dad joins in and we're all being silly. Mm-hmm. But no one is like making fun mm-hmm. of each other. We're just. Just being silly, and I like yeah. I like that. That's a that makes me happy too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And build, being silly could be something as silly as wearing a silly hat, mm-hmm. going to the mall and wearing a silly hat. Like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. don't care, and everyone's like, "What the heck?" And you're just like, "Hey," you know. <laughs> like that's the type of uh, spirit mm-hmm. we need. But uh, yeah, when you laugh, that's bringing up emotions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. You laugh so hard, you you cry. Mm-hmm. It's not a sad cry, yeah. but it's still a cry. It's still a cry, yeah. And that is an indication that something deep down is bothering you. Mm. And the cry, I'm sorry, the laugh brought up the cry. Mm. If nothing was bothering you, you wouldn't cry, even if you laugh super hard. So Really? Yeah. Because I've laughed really hard that mm-hmm. I'm tearing up, like crying, because mm-hmm. it was that funny to yeah. me. But you're saying that 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 that's like that comes from a deeper place. Yeah, it's catharsis. What? <laughs> yeah. I would have never even thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because tears. I mean, you're only gonna cry for two reasons: either something's in your eye, or you're emotional. Mm-hmm. That's it. How did these actors cry? Now some of them cheat and they put like hot hot sauce in their <laughs> eye or something, right? But but they bring they up an emotion from way I, back. I remember hearing an interview. I don't remember where, but it was from Will Smith, and he said that he got the advice early on: if you can master crying, you're always going to get good roles, and he did it. He can cry on cue. Mm-hmm. Now, how does somebody learn how to cry on cue? They have to, you have to bring, bring up, up an emotion in your head. Mm-hmm. You either got to tap into the character, like on, on a psycho level, mm-hmm. or you got to bring up something personal and nobody just knows that you're bringing up something personal. Yeah. And that's how you cry. And Will Smith can cry on cue. Mm. He cries in almost every movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I watch, I watch Bold and the Beautiful and them Logan girls, they cry on cue. Like, right? Like, they start talking and then drip, 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 drip. I'm like, good grief. They could cry really well. Now those, the, they can. They're dramatic actors. Very well. They cry very well. They're basically, um, they're like 
they're like actors in a play because they're every day, yeah. five days a week. I mean, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to be terribly messed up in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, being an actor is yeah, pretending you're somebody else. That's that that's psychotic. Mm-hmm. It's psychotic. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, they're a soap opera star, they have to be that person every single day for so many. Right. Some of them for decades. Yeah. For the decades. same character. And it's not healthy to watch. Oh, thank you for telling me. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, on to the next one. Confessions. Huh. Deep confessions. Whoa. Mm. To who? When like I, Usher. It's funny. When I was <laughs> yes. when I was on the radio, um, we I every year I had this segment called New Year's Eve Confessions. Oh, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> they're still on YouTube, and boy, did we get some crazy ones. Yeah. Of course, you never know if they're making it up or not, right. but you play along. Mm-hmm. You play along. Like, there was this one guy who, oh, I'm not even going to repeat it, but, you know, <laughs> getting something off your chest um, that you did that you're not proud of mm-hmm. could be cathartic. Now, that might be with the therapist. Yeah. Right? You might not want to do it with the police officer. <laughs> no. You might not want to do it with your mom. Right. But maybe that's where the therapist comes in. Mm-hmm. Right? You can tell the therapist who's like a pseudo stranger. Mm-hmm. They're like half stranger, half friend, somewhere in there. Right. And um, they have to pay for. Yeah, but I confessed the stuff that I did when I was a when I was younger to mm-hmm. my mother. Yeah. I waited till I was an adult though, because mm-hmm. then that way I was already out of her house. And I told her stuff mm-hmm. that I did. And she's sure. like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I'm like, listen, because if I would have told you, then you would have been implemented in my little act. And I could <laughs> I said, then you would be like an accessory <laughs> after the fact. So I said, I couldn't tell you. And right. she was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> right. I had to, I, she had to be believable to defend me. So. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then the next one is uh, what they call active meditations, mm. which aren't just the typical sitting there and uh, going into a relaxed state. Active meditations were made very f- popular by uh, Master Osho in the 70s. Dynamic meditation is almost like sort of a combination of kundalini and primal screaming and just making your body go crazy um master osho yeah he believed that cathartic methods were necessary since it was difficult for modern people to just sit there and enter a meditation he used to tell people never to just start with sitting to do a mad dance breathe heavy uh, almost like you're hyperventilating sometimes and just scream and yell and, you know, just <laughs> something you would see. You know, if you saw someone doing it, you'd be like, you, you would you'd probably call the authorities, you know, get these emotions out. And then when you're done, then you sit down or lay down and meditate. And that's where the, that's when the, the trance happens, the, 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 deep down meditation happens right there and it looks funny it looks like almost like you're people used to um the journalists would come in to his communes and then they'd go 
write an article or do a story on how he was possessing people. Mm-hmm. But what they were doing is they're gyrating their bodies and they were letting themselves go. And it was catharsis. They mm-hmm. were getting all their fears and emotions out. People are pent up because we've been repressing these emotions mm-hmm. for a long time, years and years and years. And then somebody comes along and says, we're going to put on some music. You're going to get it out right now, right? Um, Is that almost like how, like when people are chanting when they're meditating too as well? Is that part of that or no? No, chanting, chanting is usually to raise vibration mm-hmm. in the room. Okay. And it's also to distract your mind from thinking. Okay. Same thing with mantras. Mm-hmm. So okay. if, if you said oogly boogly over and over again with no space, <laughs> oogly boogly, oogly boogly, oogly boogly, oogly, your mind wouldn't have the capacity to wander. Okay. Gotcha. But these active meditations are like, he's got a gibberish one, you know, where you just say things that don't make sense. Um, you just, blah, 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 just <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, um, again, the dynamic meditation. It's very dynamic. There's like four phases to it. It's like an exercise. Mm-hmm. Like your your heart is going to go sky high. Mm-hmm. Your heart is going to be like boom, 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 boom. You do chaotic breathing, <laughs> like hyperventilating. <laughs> you get yourself to hyperventilate. <laughs> tumo. Tumo meditation, which is of the um, Tibetan culture, where they can uh, do certain breathing. Hyperventilate. <laughs> And they raise their heat in their body. But what also happens when you do that is you go through certain processes. Like your mind goes through certain processes. Anger may come up. Fear might come up. These things, they resurface. They've been repressed. Catharsis is the opposite of repression. And then it comes up. The key to active meditations is when you're done doing all the wild stuff, then you got to do your relaxation meditation. Mm. And now you got to bring the heart rate down. You don't just stop and go have lunch. Yeah, I was going to say, because you can't do that because it's like you're all, right. you can't bring yourself that high, right. all hyped up. And what, what Osho would have people do is lay down. Mm-hmm. Just lay down where you are and just relax for like 15 minutes. And you just went through all this, all these emotions just pouring out of you. Your body hurts because you've just been, you know, you're jerking back and forth. You're like, I mean, there's no way for the listener to know what I'm talking about because you can't see. But it's it's it looks like you're out of your mind. You look like you're insane, like a a, a wild monkey, a wild chimpanzee that's just like. Like you're just, you know, it's not something you would want, you know, maybe your mom to see you doing, I guess you could say. Um, um, That's why maybe it's good to do alone. But, yeah, afterwards, you just lay down and relax. Bring your breath down right in the nose, out the nose always. Mm. And just all you can hear is that heart. It'll be like, and eventually with your breathing, it'll start coming down 
and you re- you release the you enter into this peak into this peak of consciousness hmm. and awareness and so you know you're you're sort of getting two dogs with one bone there cuz you're you're hitting your meditation goals i guess you can say but you're also doing catharsis mm. and getting these emotions out of you so and i've created some too i have the uh uh the cartoon meditation maybe i'll do that on another podcast where there's high pitched voices high pitched oh, noises I remember the high pitched noises <laughs> you know i've been recommending that in the books for mm-hmm. years you know cuz high pitched noises brings your vibration up mm-hmm. you know if you're in a bad mood, just go, you know, and then it's yeah. like, and then everyone laughs on top of it. Right. So, you know, high-pitched noises works. Another active meditation that was founded by Jalaladin Rumi back in, uh, oh, about the 15th century, whirling dervishes. When you whirl, you keep going like how a kid would do it in the yard, but there's a technique to it. And if you YouTube it and watch these people doing the whirling, you know, which is of the Sufi tradition, it's a form of active meditation as well. And you don't get, once you, ma- you know, master it, you don't get dizzy or anything. The Sufi whirling, it's, yeah, Jalaluddin Rumi, there's, there's somebody to look up right there. People think that he was a poet. <laughs> he was much more than a poet. He was a Sufi mystic. But anyway, it's just important to keep in mind that uh, we got to get this stuff out of us. You know, think of it like mucoid matter and parasites and all the stuff that's in us physically. This is in us mentally. All the years of, I mean, if we did this, the world would be a better place. Um, Think about all the bullies, Mm. all the bullies that need some catharsis because they're bullying for a reason. There's something in there. There's something going on there, right? These kids that are shooting up schools. The kids that shoot up schools, from my understanding, aren't extroverts. Mm. They're introverts. So they're holding on to something. They don't want to talk to nobody. And all of a sudden, one day, they're looking for revenge. And guess what that revenge is? It's catharsis. Mm. As crazy as that sounds... As violent as it is. In violent as it is, mm-hmm. they're releasing their emotions, mm-hmm. but they're doing it in sort of a sick and demented way. Mm-hmm. They're actually killing people. And then they usually kill themselves. And they usually kill themselves to make it all go away. Mm. Yeah. You know, we could help these kids. We could help these kids. We could help all the depressed people in the world, too. We could help all the sad people, all the anxious people, all of them. With catharsis. Whether it's as simple as a punching bag or, you know, taking foam noodles (laughs) and having people beat the snot out of each other with foam noodles uh, or, you know, doing whirling or dynamic meditation or primal screaming, all this stuff. These are therapies that could be implemented. But the problem is the society is stubborn. The society looks down on this stuff. 
the society is just figuring out what mindfulness is here in the Western world, right? The society here in the Western world, they're just figuring out what yoga is. Like, the Western world is very, very behind. The Eastern world is ahead in that department. The Western world is ahead in money and military, you see? Well, we could be helping these people. There doesn't need to be school shootings. There doesn't need to be bullies. There doesn't need to be depression. There doesn't need to be anxiety. There doesn't need, need to be child abuse or any of that. You know? We, we have this thing here. It's called catharsis. And we can get these deep-rooted feelings out. We can get these emotions out. Whether you've been holding on to them for 30 years or whether you've been holding on to them for three months, we can get them out. It's life-changing stuff. And that's why catharsis is one of the seven C's that makes up the inner peace practice. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.